We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, we have a guest made in voyage on the program, Brian Toparek of Bleacher Report, of Forbes, and of many other basketball places, joins us to talk Heat Sixers. Brian, what's up? We already have a we have two Brian's on the podcast, but you are you are uh you are this our Sixers correspondent for the day. How are you, sir? <laughs> I am doing well. Thanks for having me on. We're excited. We have so much. Brian and I, we've, we've kind of joked about Doc Rivers and a lot of stuff going into the series. So obviously uh, we have so much juicy stuff to get to. I want to thank everyone that's watching us live on Twitch. If you're listening to us on the pod feed, which most of you do, make sure to try to check us out. Twitch.tv slash Miami Heapy. We have a lot of fun here. Obviously our pre and post game shows, weird off pregame show and hangover time post game show every single game day. Obviously got to tune into hot. That's where all the fun stuff happens and on off days. You're here, Miami Heapy. So check out all our offerings. If you're watching on YouTube, we love you. Thank you for the support. Please hit subscribe. I know that some of y'all are watching not subscribed. It really helps us, right? It kind of, feeds us into the algorithm so give us a little boost that we need so we can continue giving you the content that you've grown to love for the next last nine years we're approaching that brian we're approaching nine years of doing miami wow. heat beat in a couple That's weeks it's crazy man where does where does life go <laughs> i don't know you know i wish i knew it's funny because one day you're covering lebron and then one day you're covering deon waiters and then you're good again <laughs> it just, it just, believe me it, as someone who covered the process sixers this is a it's a nice upgrade from like the Isaiah Cannon days. Oh, yeah. You know, I think maybe that might be a fun place to start as we kind of work our way into the basketball of the series. I love how much Heat fans hate the Sixers and vice versa because I feel like the way that the Sixers chose to team build so diametrically and, like, philosophically different than anything Riley's ever done here, right? It's always always try to win. You know, never mm-hmm. never tank, at least not on purpose. Even when, you know, it probably makes sense to they, they chase eight seeds and they do the best that they can. They'll go 30 and 11 one year and double down and not trade any pieces at the deadline because they feel like they can, you know, win games. And the Sixers went the opposite way. And I think both teams feel, both fan bases feel like their teams are right. And, (laughs) 
you know, and then Miami's going to say, well, we made the finals and you guys keep losing the second round and the Sixers are going to mm-hmm. be like, we had one MVP, like one legitimate MVP candidate and you haven't had any. And we had another guy who should have been, and that just didn't work out. So I think that that element's fun. Yeah. I was going to ask like where all of this enmity stems from. And I, I think you're probably right, but like, Honestly, I think from the Sixers side, it didn't really start until after the Jimmy Butler sign and trade. And then, you know, we made the like retirement home jokes for a couple of years. And then yeah. clearly it, that has not worked out <laughs> as we had hoped. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, I've just noticed like, dating back to way before the Butler time, there are a couple of Heat fans who are just like so anti Sixers that it, it caught me off guard. So I was hoping Embiid was healthy for this series because I had just a, a laundry list of tweets to bring up if the heat ended up losing, but now I'm going to have to save that for another stat year, series. We just debuted a <laughs> yeah. receipt segment. I don't know, man. Hawks fans were out of pocket with what they were saying. I was like, who do you think you, got, <laughs> who do you, think you are? <laughs> God damn, you're a night seat. We had, a, we had a fun time with them. Yeah. I mean, that, that's always been, I mean, he fans really threw the first stones in this uh, fan beef. I obviously the players don't, have anything with the fans have always and then they had that one playoff series which was you know the mm-hmm. process versus you know the the old ruggedy Dwayne Wade and Hassan Whiteside Jesus Hassan um <laughs> one time let's get into the basketball listen to get into game one because I think there's a couple interesting things to get to and I think we got to start with Harden four points in the second half only four free throws in the game uh Miami really I think, Brian, they did what we expected them to do. They were showing help on any drive or any angle that he had to the rim. Anytime he'd get a screen and flare, they, their priority was to show help and then close out on the shooter. Uh, was seeing a lot of bodies. He was getting even tacked. Miami likes to help from the strong side corner. They were even coming from the weak side corner at times, uh, You know, who, if, whether that was Danny on the weak side or whatever. And, and Harden found him a couple times, but... Miami was, listen, they defended him, not dissimilated to Trey Young. You know, four mm-hmm. guys in the paint, you know, all that. And, you know, I, I guess it you know, it worked. I think Harden's first half is probably going to be more what the series looks like, you know, just because he's a little bigger than Trey Young. And I think it's easier to trap small guys and put mm-hmm. small guys in that position. James is a little bigger and a little stronger, and he, he didn't get some of those to go. How did you feel about the game plan? How do you feel about Harden and kind of going forward if that's going to be the coverage he gets? Yeah, I mean, I thought going into the series that the Heat had the personnel to slow down Harden more than they did Embiid with Butler and Tucker in particular. Um, I think that proved true in game one, especially when you don't have a Joel Embiid who is going to command double teams most likely and freeze up things for his teammates without him on the floor and with DeAndre Jordan on the floor instead, you know, that is a diametric opposite. Like the heat can just outright ignore DeAndre Jordan instead of sending two defenders at him. So they can send more help uh, toward Harden. I saw some stats from Ramona Shelburne of ESPN, which were just flabbergasting. Uh, she said 12 of 13 of, of Harden's 13 field goal attempts were contested. He was double teamed nine times. The average closest defender on his shot attempts was 3.7 feet away, which was the third smallest amount of separation in a game for Harden this season and the smallest amount in a playoff game for Harden in two years. So he got swarmed last night, as expected. I think game two, he should very much expect the same thing. I, I think there's like a fundamental misunderstanding of who James Harden is right now because like all of the coverage coming into the series, especially once 
the news about Embiid's face <laughs> broke. Uh, you know, it was like, can can he be the Harden Houston of old or the, the Houston Harden of old? And could he score thirty five points a game? It's like, no, he can't anymore. But his value to the Sixers is his playmaking and his facilitation. So, you know, if the Sixers don't shoot six of thirty four from three. Like Harden could have had a triple double last night. His teammates just bonked a ton of open shots that he created. So I don't expect like a 35 point triple double from him at any point the series, even when Embiid returns or if Embiid returns. But it's more like can he generate 12 assists and more free throw attempts and like 20 or 22 points? Like what he did against the Raptors in game six, I think he had 22 points, 15 assists. Like, that is the James Harden that the Sixers need right now, not necessarily 40-point-per-game James Harden. That part to me is why he's more important for Miami to kind of key in on than Maxie because yeah. Maxie can probably pop off more as a scorer, but James is just – I think Maxie had as many turnovers as assists last night, and James, mm-hmm. for all his warts, is still a very good passer and a very good playmaker, which is why I think he justifiably – you know, gets all of the defensive attention. And if, you know, you help, if, if you give Tobias a little angle because you're cutting off the hardened driving lanes and you do that, I think getting Philly, I think Philly was up plus two on the free throw line uh, last night. I don't think that's going to cut it for them. I, I just mm-hmm. think that they, you know, they, they need, they need a little bit more of that help. Um, and I think if Miami's going to get to the line as much as them, Miami gets to set their defense. I thought, the Tucker stuff guarding Harden from end to end. A, I don't know what, suppose a crazy person, like Tucker's getting in his <laughs> damn steps. I, I mean, I get it, but sheesh. Yeah. That poor guy, man. That guy, that guy, <laughs> I was like, we're doing this. Is that Susie Gabe's job? Um, yeah. But it worked. I, I don't know how I feel so much about Gabe on Harden, and we could talk about that just because Gabe's a little smaller and he gives up mm-hmm. a little weight there. Uh, but I, I thought he did okay. But, you know, in general, I thought the game plan's solid. I think they're going to bank. And I don't think Philly has the shooters. So I, I saw, I heard that Zach Lowe said on his podcast, Miami and Philadelphia were essentially the same and expected uh, three-point percentage. Like the quality of look that they got was the same. And they both saw it mm. exactly the same percentage under their expected field goal uh, percentage, you know, from threes. So, you know, you could say shooting luck for both sides. Because Miami, you know, Max yeah. went one for seven, you know, uh, to, you know they missed they missed shots that they normally hit too. I think yep. that happened on both ends. But I think you trust Miami shooters over Philly shooters, right? Mm-hmm. Other than Danny, and, and I think I don't know how Maxi's catcher shoots are, but Maxi looks a little more comfortable off the dribble this season. I don't know, maybe yep. you can correct me. Um, and I think if you're forcing those kinds of looks, and if you're the Heat, that's what you've done all season, right? You help, you force threes, uh, you know, a lot of corner threes and stuff like that. But I think that that's the way that they got to go. Yeah, and I mean, Tobias was the best player for Philly last night. He's honestly been the best player for them in the playoffs, and that's not slander of anyone else. It's just like Tobias Harris has been really good, and that's going to be a big key for this series moving forward. You know, if they are sending Butler and Tucker on Harden and Maxi in particular, or when they do, I know they switch all the time, but that's going to leave Tobias Harris with a mismatch. And to his credit, he attacked those last night. Like the indecisive player from even two months ago is nowhere to be found. So that was a big, you know, if you're trying to take away silver linings from this game, there aren't many if you're the Sixers, because it does feel like they they just let this one slip away to some extent. But Tobias's play was a positive. The shooting regression hopefully 
will happen at some point. But as you've noted, I mean, Miami only shot 25% from three. So you could bank on shooting regression on both sides. And I mean, they just got absolutely killed in the defensive glass and uh, the offensive glass is rebounding in general. Um, but I think, you know, part of that is they played a ton of zone last night and I think they're going to continue doing so until Embiid comes back in particular. So like that is part of the byproduct of playing zone. You leave yourself vulnerable to the other team getting offensive rebounds. It, it really all comes down to, you know, Doc Rivers said after game one, like I'm sticking with DeAndre Jordan, like it or not. So if we take him at his word and, you know, you spot the heat, a double digit lead four minutes into the game, like you're going to be clawing your way back for the rest of it. Brian, the only consistent thing about the heat half court offense this year has been, they just kill drop defenses, whether it's Milwaukee yeah. or anybody as a product of their handoffs. Now I will say, I thought Maxi in the first half did a great job of going over screens, staying at shooters mm-hmm. hips that mm-hmm. deteriorated. And I think that weighs in Miami's favor because that that's something that w- does wear you down because they yeah. do PJ and Bam and Deadman they set Jimmy Fizz, Kyle even when he comes back they're very physical screeners and that that beating that you take especially for young guys like Maxi who's you know not doesn't ha- I don't think has the weight yet you know mm-hmm. and, and it's still kind of coming into I, I think that's the kind of stuff that wears you out in a series. Uh, I do want to get to the zone before we kind of get into more of the handoff stuff. And I think that's more of a game two thing that we could talk about looking forward. They, they went to the they they Miami's offense did get slowed by the zone. And I think that that's mm-hmm. when they went to a zone, I was like, okay, let's see how this looks because Philly's small. They can get crushed on the boards, but they are playing PJ at the five a lot mm-hmm. of time too. So I was like, let's see how they survive. It didn't look good for a bit. And I thought, one of the adjustments was fa- kind of flashing PJ to the middle and kind of mm-hmm. getting the ball there. I thought that helped them a bit. Jay Crowder used to do that for them uh, when he was here. They didn't get as much cutting as I would have liked because at that point you kind of you kind of flare, right, kind of get the ball, get some cutting, get some shooting. Wasn't much of that. A lot of it was Tyler busting the zone, kind of getting the ball in and then back out to Tyler, kind of force mm-hmm. that small rotation or whatever. But in reality, I mean, you, we can. it was offensive rebounding that really tore yeah. that zone apart. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of it is Paul Reed is the best offensive rebounder until Joel Embiid returns, but Paul Reed also gets into foul trouble. Like foul he had five machine. fouls. He foul, had dead five... man. That was a, yeah. that was oh, a contest. God. I mean, five fouls in 13 minutes. He averaged nine fouls per 36 against the Raptors in the first round. And like, you know, doc, while he was giving his soliloquy about Deandre Jordan last night did say, foul trouble is the reason he is not willing to start Paul Reed. Like he, he said he didn't like the matchup with Reed and Bam in particular. And, you know, Reed bit on multiple pump fakes last night, even though he was already like, I think fouls four and five were him biting on dumb pump fakes. And he said after the game, like, I just have to be smarter. Like I'm prideful, I'm aggressive. And like, that's part of what makes me who I am. But at the same time, like, I just have to let them score sometimes. Like, I'm not going to block every shot. And I am too important to draw my fourth foul on a bucket that's or a shot like that's two feet away from the basket. I'm probably going to get the foul called. It's probably going to be an and one. And then they're going to have to go back to DeAndre Jordan. So, like, I'll believe it when I see it with him because this has just been the thing with him all season. But if he can stay out of foul trouble and they can play him. 20, 25, even 30 minutes per game instead of 13, that will at least help them 
potentially until Embiid returns. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chat's asking me to ask you what you thought of the Paul Reed postgame comments. The <laughs> where where he's like um, that he yeah yeah he was talking some trash against Miami. He was saying like he thinks they're vulnerable and it's just a young dumb kid. I think. What, giving... what was it that he said exactly? Do you remember? We, I don't we, remember. We made the fun of it on the postgame show. I'll, I'll find yeah. the exact quote for the yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it was, was pretty funny. Yeah, it was it was just like we we can beat them. We think we can wear them down, even though the exact opposite thing happened, as you said. Like, and, and Maxi said it in particular. Like, he thought the Heat's physicality wore on them as the game went on, and then Reed is sounding defiant. It's like, no, we got this in the bag. It'll be fine. It's like, yeah. bro, you you played thirteen minutes. No wonder you feel okay. Honestly, I think we can definitely beat this team. We got to go out there, be more there physical than them, be more aggressive, keep them on their heels. They're gonna fold, and then somebody, somebody in, in our chat last night said, "When were they ever on their heels?" <laughs> what do you mean, keep? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they did go into halftime with a one point lead despite the DeAndre minutes, and like they, they in spite of a... DeAndre Jordan, Doc Rivers. Yeah, they honestly, yeah, like no. Kevin O'Connor had the tweet last night where it was like he broke down the plus minus, the first half plus minus, and I know I have it single right here. game plus minus is noisy, but like. This was not. This was DeAndre Jordan was terrible. The Reed and then the Yang minutes at center. Like, that's the only reason they stayed in the first half. So I have the numbers here, Kevin O'Connor. Yep. Uh, DJ minus 12 in four minutes and 21 seconds. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Paul Millsap <laughs> minus three in five minutes and 14 seconds. Minus three is better than I thought Millsap would have. Paul Reed plus seven in nine minutes and no center plus nine in 516. As good as those plus nine look, I thought Niang himself was awful. Yeah. And I thought that at that time of the game when he was in, uh, especially in the second half, well, I, I think some of that was against the zone where Miami was still figuring stuff out. And I thought in the second half, it just, I, I don't think that, I don't think the Niang at center minutes had enough juice. I think they should, I think it's Philadelphia's best bet to play yeah. that more. 
you know, yeah. especially when your alternatives are the corpse of DeAndre Jordan and Paul Millsap. <laughs> right. um, but I think Niang was 0 for 7. I think Miami's just okay with that, with, with them yeah. with them doing that. And I think if they're like, well, we'll just shoot better than – I mean, Niang would not even be a rotation player in Miami, right? So it's like, you know, okay, we'll, we'll live with that guy taking a lot of shots. I think he took almost as many as Harden in the second half, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I think if you're if you're Miami, that that's just a win for you. Yeah, I mean he was a forty-ish percent three-point shooter during the regular season. You know that he looked out of place against the Raptors. He looked very much out of place against the Heat. Like there is there is some legitimate concern. Is he more of an eighty-two game guy than a sixteen game guy? A horrible rebounder, especially for someone his size. Like incomprehensibly bad. Uh, you know, just not super athletic, which contributes. But like. There was, I think Kyle Newbeck pulled it out of Philly voice. There was one, one play of the second half where like he sort of half-heartedly box out PJ who was standing like behind the three-point line in the corner and Yang is right there at the rim and PJ still somehow beat him to a rebound. It was just like, yeah. for a guy who's on bad he, box outs. Yeah, yeah. The Sixers, that is one of their bugaboos. They have very few guys who can box out. So you know, as much as I want to kill Doc Rivers for the Jordan minutes, it's like you weren't going to – there's no good answer here to replace Joel Embiid. Like you're not going to be able to do it with, with, with one player, and all of these guys have their imperfections. I think, you know, Reed is the best option because he's bouncy, he's young, he's switchable, he's, the you know, the best rebounder by far. Like Jordan, as you said, the heat kill drop coverage, Jordan isn't athletic right? Isn't athletic enough to go guard out on the perimeter. So you have to play him and drop. And then like you just run a screen with whoever Jordan's covering. And there you go. You're going to open a wide open three pointer. So I'm with you in thinking like the ideally Reed stays in slightly less foul trouble in game two. And then we see, you know, they, they didn't really go back to the small ball until like midway through the fourth quarter, at which point the game was already getting out of hand. So like that should be more of a consistent thing. And then, you know, I know some Sixers fans are saying like, let's see what Charles Bassey can do. He's a second round rookie, but like he played less than 200 minutes during the regular season. So I I just think you're already it's just game one and people already go into the the Bassey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean like he's, he showed stuff during the regular season. Like I, I think part of it is just like, he can't possibly be worse than DeAndre Jordan, right? Like, even if he blows all of his assignments, like, at least he is athletic and can maybe pull down a contested rebound, which DeAndre Jordan cannot. So it's not really a vote of confidence in Bassey. It's more so just, like, I do not want to watch DeAndre Jordan play a single more minute more of basketball in the playoffs. Miami has, like, this luxury of having, like, three playable centers. You know, we I have, know. they have, like, year seven, by the way, outscored James Harden in the second half. Which is my favorite stat. He had six points. I think Harden had four. Oh boy, that was funny. Um, yeah, I, you know it's funny because I searched Paul Reed to find the quote, and then I saw this tweet. Dare I say, start Paul Reed, bring bring Bassey off the bench. I mean, yep. <laughs> six that bad. Yeah. Um, let's talk yeah. about Bam a little bit because I thought if if Philly's going to be as small as they are, and if they're going to go Niang, and if they're going to and, and if the, and if these guys are going to be in foul trouble like Paul Reed, I thought Bam played the game you needed him to play. Early yep. seals, uh, we saw some of the face up that you like. I th- he went out to Tobias Harris if he would get him on, on switches or in transition. Um, they didn't do a lot of this, Brian, but it's a thing that I want more from their handoffs. And I think if Duncan gets a little run, they'll see more of this because Duncan's really, really good. Whenever help steps up, 
and Bam can slip. He's really good at that pass. Kind of the mm-hmm. the DHO to slip, and they can get behind defenses like that. Kill Boston in the bubble with that. Um, and Bam was just all around what you need him. Rebounding force, kind of getting inside, helping offensive rebounds, creating his own shot when Jimmy didn't have it going. The Tyler and Bam pick and roll was well over a point per possession. I saw, um, wow. you know, every time they ran it, as low mentioned uh, that just any Bam ball screen was po- 1.09 points per mm. possession. And I think it was like 1.2 every time Bam or this or the ball handler shot off of that action. So just like absurd, I mean, absurdly efficient, you know, doing everything he has to. I think the value that he brings against the Sixers specifically is he forces rotation off mm-hmm. the roll like pretty quickly. And he's such a good short roll passer to the point that I think he probably overpasses. There was a possession that he he, he kicked it out on the short roll when he probably could have scored, but they're moving Philly around. That's tiring, and I thought you could tell that they had no legs in the second half on top of all that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and I think this is where them have, I mean, Miami has a major advantage in terms of playable depth as well. Like Duncan didn't even play last night, but that's an option as you get later into the series. Whereas Philly, it's like, all right, you feel okay about Yang. He's been a consistent contributor the whole time. We'll see what they do at center, like split it between Reed, Jordan, whoever. Like Reed's the only one you feel decent about. You know, Thibel. He was a mess yesterday. It's just been a rough postseason for Thibel. And like he's up for an extension this summer. I wrote about it. Forbes coming into the playoffs. Like he, I, I, he lost himself a lot of money, I think. So he needs to have a Harden much too, game. man. This is a, this yeah. is a lot of leaky well, pockets. <laughs> Harden is, uh, I think he's baked in already, but you know, Matisse, <laughs> Matisse, uh, he might be waiting for restricted free agency. I, oh. I would be surprised, but like, you know, shake Milton, you can't, you're just not sure what you're going to get out of any of these guys on a given night. So like, sure. Maybe there's a shake Milton game in here, or maybe Yang like knocks down a couple threes, but there just isn't, there isn't consistent depth and it's been a problem all year, but now without Embiid, like with Embiid, at least it's okay. You've got two of, Embiid, Harden, Maxi, or Harris on the floor at all times, or pretty much at all times. So, like, no matter what, you're not going to go through these, like, five-minute scoring droughts, or you shouldn't. Like, you should have at least some, okay, here's a way for us to generate easy offense. But without him, it's just so much more of a slog on both ends of the court that it's like, you know, I think the Heat, or the Sixers did a good job of, like, junking it up in the first half and just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what stuck. And then to go back to DJ, like the, DJ played 10 minutes in the third quarter. And it was just like, at that point I should have just so turned happy. the game off. I, I just so like, happy, I, I could have watched better call Saul live. <laughs> Bro. I, when doc had the DJ comments in our, in our heat beat group chat, we were going crazy. We were like, yeah. yes. I don't blame you. Like, it, probably not a great sign when your own fans like are know groaning. what's going to happen and are like, yeah, like as soon as I, I can't remember 
a single time where before the game, like the and the waiting for the starting lineup to be announced, and then as soon as it happened, it was just Sixers Twitter like drowned out everyone else with just like no, and then there was like surely. Surely after seeing him go minus 12 in four minutes, he's not going to start in the second half. Like, you you learned your lesson, right? Is Doc <laughs> coaching for his job? Like, Daryl is, like, Daryl's a guy that, like, obviously is looking at this data and is probably yeah. going to be, like, in the exit interview, point to DeAndre minutes total and go, what the fuck, you know? Daryl signed him. Like, that's, you know. Daryl didn't the, know? I, that surprised me that Daryl did that. I mean, the, the conspiracy theory that was going around Sixers Twitter for a while is that Daryl signed him knowing that Doc would do this because he wanted to fire Doc at the end of the season. <laughs> now, with the Embiid injury, like, there is at least a baked-in excuse for Doc. But, I mean, Jake Fisher of BR reported today, like, as much as there's been speculation about Doc and the Lakers and, like, Daryl maybe wanting someone else, behind the scenes, the Sixers are operating like he's going to be back next year. And he's got – I think part of it is just the – finances like he's i think this is the second year of a five-year contract he's earning he's still collecting a, a check from the clippers he might be my man i don't know listen salute, yeah. salute to doc man i know yeah so it, it but like i asked at some point last night like if someone was trying to get fired what would you do differently than what doc <laughs> did last night? more deandre deandre how about deandre <laughs> and paul reed together I, I thought it was going to be like a DeAndre Millsap combo. It's oh man, uh, I man, let's do DJ. Uh, put him in Spain. Just like get him, get him in every action you can. Make those, make those. That's what they did. The, like the first five possessions of the game were just like let's run a pick and roll at DJ. Yeah. It's like okay, but you can't stop it. Handoff, pick and roll. Oh, and that's why I thought Brian. I thought the second half I tweeted out. I was like, Duck is going to get some run, right? Just get, just get DJ in a drop. You know, Maxi. You know, Maxi's probably not going to get over, and because Duncan's bigger than him anyway, and just yeah, got kind of you know get him in space. Um, yeah. let's do a couple quick hitters because I know we got to get you out of here. Uh, are you concerned with Maxi being a target? Because I think a lot has been made of Tyler and Duncan and Max being a target. And I think mm -hmm. Max being a target, I, I think those days are getting close to being put behind us. I think he's mm – -hmm. listen, and I've – Brian, I very famously said on Heat Twitter in the beginning of the season on this very podcast, and I said, if Max Truce is part of your rotation, you're not a good basketball team. I had Ooh. to eat it, and I literally bought a Max Truce jersey and wore it on air for like a month because I was so, nice. <laughs> I was dead wrong. I was like, I'm sorry, Max. Yeah. Um, but he's improved a ton. I think yeah. Tyler has – I think Tyler's survivable. I think he's – 0.9 points per possession as isolation defense. Or no, that's max. I'm sorry. Tyler's like a, a shade of over one. This is not good, but you know, mm -hmm. I, I think it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Maxi, I think, is also Maxi was targeted yesterday. And yep. a game that Jimmy plays better, that's the guy. And I've Brian, I've said pretty consistently. The matchup mishunts that scare you that should scare you the most are guys with strength and guys with size. It's not mm -hmm. Trey Young hunting a bad matchup. And it's not Maxi hunting a bad matchup, even though that they're good. It's not Kemba hunting small. You're scared of guys like LeBron or Kawhi or James Harden, who's very strong, or mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler, or guys like these power wings, or James Harden, who's like, I don't even know what the hell to call him. Uh, <laughs> you know, these guys who can leverage strength, speed, and get small guys and put them in the blender because you can get really good shots off of that. Those are the guys that I'm scared, bigs, of course. 
those are the guys mm-hmm. that I think worry you as a as a mismatch hunter. And I think that's a guy that Jimmy could pick on. And I think we've seen him do that when they the bubble run. It was where's Kem- the offense was where is Kemba Walker? Where is KCP? Where is George Hill? Right? Find me that person and bring them here. And I think we're gonna get to a point in this series where it's gonna be find me Tyrese Maxey and bring him here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is the most obvious target on offense or on defense. Also, I guess you just when, get him in foul trouble. Are. You know what I mean? And that's gonna yeah. affect the other end of the game as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like. I think his speed is the weapon, like, like clearly his size is not, but like when he mismatch hunts, it's just let me see if I can just blow by this guy. But again, this is another area where they miss Embiid because if DeAndre Jordan is in the game or even Paul Reed, like he's not really a floor spacer. So the heat can crowd the paint. Like they're not afraid of, you know, Joel Embiid standing 18 feet, knocking down that like mid range face up that, that he hits pretty consistently. Um, so like the, the paint is just going to be more crowded until he comes back. And honestly, probably that first game he comes back, like I would dare him to shoot. Cause he, I remember like, <laughs> I don't know what it is about playing the heat in the playoffs. He's just going to break his face every time right before. Yeah, right. But you know, that, that previous series, like he was really bothered by the mask. He did not enjoy it. He said it affected his shooting. So if he is able to return in the series, like I, I think, you know, you're going to have to double him, especially when he gets deep duckins because you're toast otherwise. But if he's standing out in the perimeter, okay, like let, let him fire away, like prove, let him prove that he can make that shot. So, you know, I think for Maxi in particular, they're going to keep mismatch hunting him. I think Maxi and Harden are going to try to keep mismatch hunting hero. If Robinson gets any run, I think it was smart not to play him yesterday for that reason. Like Struess, I think you're right. He's not a bad defender. It's just you're not gonna hunt, you know. Especially when Lowry's back, like you're not gonna hunt any of those guys. Like he's just the weakest link by and he has default. Size, but like I think the size yeah, helps yeah. him a lot. Yeah, for sure. So like, there's no easy answer. It's more like when the Heat have to go to the bench and when Heroes on the floor, that's when you really start to see it. But you know, with again, it just feels like Embiid's absence is just there are too many holes to plug on both ends of the court right now. How much do you see this changing if Joel comes back game three? Cause I know that for sure he's out tomorrow because of the, con- yeah. I think that's the concussion. That's the last day of concussion protocol. Uh, he has a recheck with the doctor for his face tomorrow. Okay. Um, I think he doc said he was still symptomatic as of Monday. Symptomatic um, of con- concussion. Yeah. Yeah. He said he was better today. Did a little bit of work today. So should they play like, him I- Brian? I mean, that's, this that <sighs> that seems that seems kind of I don't know man I, again I'm saying this as a, as a Heat guy too but like it feels are, are they like winning a title this year that like you gotta play Joel yeah I, I I as soon as the injury happened I thought he was just done for the playoffs like and then it started leaking that he's not going to need surgery but at a certain point like he broke his face he has a concussion and he has a torn ligament in his thumb like it's is he gonna if stuff. If they end up somehow winning this series, is gonna is he gonna have all four limbs when they go into the Eastern Conference Finals, or is like he gonna have to an play arm Giannis or that Celtic defense? Like either yeah. one, you know what I mean? And then yeah, the yeah, consolation yeah. prize is the Warriors or the Suns. Right, exactly. So <laughs> it, what a brutal it, road. <laughs> it seemed as soon as he tore the thumb ligament, like that was probably it for them winning a title this year. But I would, I mean, I think he's going to come back if he is physically able to. 
I'm wondering how effective he's going to be. Like that is my big question going into game three or game four or whatever. Like, is he still able to space the floor with those mid rangers, which is what elevated him from just like standard all-star to MVP candidate, like his development of the face-up game. uh, If they, if he doesn't have that, or if he's less effective with that, you know, maybe there's a spam Harden Embiid pick and rolls and we'll see what happens there. Like they're, they're not going to be worse with them being in place of DeAndre Jordan. I mean, but yeah, I I don't know how, like, I I don't know what percent Embiid is going to be if he does return. This is a bummer. Jimmy's knees clearly, I don't, I don't think looks right. You know, he had the knee inflammation. Kyle missing another, he's not going to play tomorrow. That was already announced. Um, You know, it's funny, Brian, because the heat made it seem like he would be ready. You know, if there was indeed a game six against Atlanta and then now mm-hmm. he's been out for two games, which I think classic Miami Heat smokescreen. Although Kyle did look like he was practicing today. I mean, the, he put out that video of Tyler Hero accepting his sixth man of the year, which probably should have mentioned at some point in the show. Tyler Hero's sixth man of the year. We all kind yeah. of expected this, although Heat fans, right, Brian, right. were really mad because all of a sudden people like Jackson Frank and, and Nikias and other people were like, I don't know. We should maybe give Kevin Love a look. And everyone's uh, like, no, it goes to the best scorer off the bench every year. Don't fucking change it this year. because <laughs> Everyone was mad. Everybody agreed that that's a stupid way to decide the award, but they're like, start doing that next year. Not today. Damn it. Well, I, I feel like it, this was just every award race this year was like so contested. And then Tyler hero was just so obviously the answer at six man. Yeah. People were just like, should we try to drum up some controversy here? Like maybe that's know, how I felt sure. it, was. it was. That's why it was a little annoying to heat fans. It's like, let us have this. Yeah. Let us, yeah, cool, we fine. have nice things. You know, it's, it's, that's good. how we feel about the Joel MVP. Cause like, clearly we're not winning anything else this year. So like, let us have Just this. Let us, I, let us have it. And I, and yeah. heat fans are torn because obviously Jokic is public enemy number one here, but also like uh-huh. no one fucks with Embiid or a sixer. So right. it's it's very bad. It's like, can Giannis win again? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we don't hate Giannis like that. We just hate the Bucks right. fans. Devin um, Booker, maybe like the wild card. No, Devin see Booker the, the Heat have Heat fans. Some Heat fans have a history with Devin because of oh. the Winslow Booker thing. Uh. Some of them, not all of them. Some <laughs> okay. of them thought okay. some of them hated Justice. Some of them like us. You know, we we're, we're still holding strong. You remember when Justice broke Embiid's mask in that series? Yeah, that was yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good times. <laughs> that was a fun series. I I know. I I hope we at least get to see like. That, that was a chippy series. I don't think those yeah. teams liked each other. No, and I don't think, especially, I mean, like, Jimmy, I'm sure, has some feelings toward the Sixers team. I know there aren't really many holdovers from when he was if here. If Ben but... was there, I'd feel, like, spicier oh. about it. Yeah. Oh, like him and, jo- him and Joel are friends, right? They're, they're, they're yeah. Homies. Oh, yeah. 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 But, so. yeah, he, he and Ben did not get along. I mean, look at the look at Jimmy. Look how yeah, that's just, that's just yeah. not a that's not a, like Ben Simmons would not fit in Miami. You know what I mean? Like no, that's no. This, I mean, they're fighting on the sideline, and then now right. they've lost two games since then. By the way, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, I actually went to Sage Arena. I I went and I oh, I, 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 I saw that. I saw yeah, that. it worked. Yeah. By the way, you know we're, we're, we're <laughs> I think we're eleven and two since. So so you know, far, so far, so good. And one of those games was against Orlando. And one of those games was on the road. So. Mm. Oh, both those games were on the road, so they technically haven't lost in that building yet. <laughs> Knock on wood. Let's hope that I don't fuck this it, up. They've got home court advantage throughout the East. It's incredible, and and honestly, I mean, depending on oh, I don't think Phoenix, I thought I don't think Phoenix is going to lose. Uh, no, to, yeah. to Dallas, even though Lucas just Lucas a fucking problem, man. I feel like we say that every year, and he yeah. loses unceremoniously. But Jesus yeah. Christ, like, <laughs> <laughs> God. 
<laughs> if that if they figure it out over there, if like the Mavericks have like a, a year that somebody wants to go play with over there, oof. When they, when they trade for Rudy Gobert this summer, you mean? No, well, he's he's gonna be a Raptor clearly. Oh God, that would <laughs> actually be really good. <laughs> I mean, Lord knows they the one thing they need is more size over there. <laughs> more size than another international player. Yeah, just right, the, right. Just lead the league in all of them. Uh, okay, last thing before you go, Brian. Do you yep. do you feel differently about the series after last night than going in? Um, I do. You, just the same that you feel, or or like, I, just, as have you been moved in any way? I, I think you picked the Heat, right? Yeah, yeah. I I originally so like <laughs> I published my preview Friday morning as soon as the Sixers won that Raptors game. I like had it ready to go. I picked Sixers and seven and Shams tweets the broken face news and I immediately go revise it to heat and five. Uh, then they come out and it's like, Oh, maybe Embiid's back for game three or four and like heat and six maybe. So no, I, I just think, especially after seeing how doc managed the center rotation last night, I have zero confidence in them being able to win a game until Embiid returns. So depends on if he comes back in game three and he's his usual self, I could see, you know, maybe Philly gets to game six, but otherwise I think it's Heat in five. I mean, the Heat's three best players last night were Bam, Tyler, and DeAndre. So shout out to yeah, Don. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. Oh, actually, real last thing. Shout out okay. to Krishna, uh, our our friend. Mm. Who do you think is going to have a better series when it's said and done? Tyler Hero or Tyrese Maxey? Oh, God. <laughs> This is legacy stuff on the line for both of us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a legacy this series is, for us. This is going to define both of them. Uh, probably out. Hero because, I mean, again, it, well, I mean, when Embiid is back, it really just, like, the hierarchy makes sense at yeah. that point. So, like, over the course of the full series, Hero, because he can just do his thing the whole time, whereas, like, you know, like, I know they're missing Kyle Lowry, but if anything, that just puts – more pressure on hero to actually uh, be one of their primary scorers. Whereas, you know, Maxi, like without MB, there's just so much more defensive attention being yeah. devoted to him. And again, like the, the heat really do have the personnel to give those guys, the backcourt some trouble. So like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a maxi blow up game at some point, but like choosing over a full series, I'll take hero. That said, I'm riding or dying with Maxi. Well, we're we, talking listen, legacy. You said what you said. We take that. Shout out to Christian <laughs> Narsu of Basketball Index. Does great work over there. The stats, LeBron's a great stat, and all the good stuff that yep. he um, and and, and Tim do over there. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for coming on the program. It means a ton to us. You know, it, it's good to talk, you know, with, with people who really know the other team incredibly well. And I, I think that it's it's good for the audience to learn a little bit about you know what, what's what's under the hood on the other side what what do you have coming up what have you written what can you share where can people find you because you are a fantastic writer and you do you've done incredible content for many years so let the people know appreciate that uh you can find me i write about the sixers and just some like salary cap issues at forbes i had a piece today go up about deandre jordan so if you want to hate read if you're a sixers fan or love read if you're a heat fan about just how bad he is you can check that out um, I'm also the co-host of the NBA podcast. You can find that wherever pods are found. Tomorrow, I think we're releasing our Rudy Gobert slander, our, our what, the biggest questions for the first round West playoff knockouts. So we had, uh, I think, legitimately 30 minutes on just trying to figure out where to send Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. 
So by the way, what Fig said in chat said, keep up the pod, Brian. You and Mort have good have good stuff. They said Appreciate talk that. more heat though, lol. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna have to now. Let's go, baby. We're forcing the force of the nation. Follow Brian at B T O P O R E K. It's on screen if you're watching on Twitch or YouTube. If you saw me flash the always heat and five shirt, you can get that at our shop, shot.miamiheatbeat. Dot com. We have many offerings. Link is in chat if you want to go peruse the store. Dwayne Dedman's son wore the shirt last night at the game. Oh, you know, check that out. You want to want to be cool. Victor Oladipo wore one of our shirts the other day. You want to be cool like he players? We'll buy our, buy our stuff. You know, want we'll dress like the stars do. You know, possible <laughs> Eastern Conference finalists going here. Brian, thanks so much. Find him. Uh, on Twitter and all his great work. And we hope to talk to you soon. Thanks to chat. Thanks to everybody. And we will see you tomorrow for the Weird Off pregame show, 30 minutes before tip off. Take care.